Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning, as I was singing, I had a uh, just a wonderful time singing because my voice has not been full uh, for a couple of weeks. I had a little bit of a tickle in my throat and hadn't been coughing and everything. And this morning when I started to sing, I, I enjoyed uh, singing with the full voice. And I was just going to town. And of course, uh, most of you are have been pestered by gnats this morning. And you've been waving them off and everything. I've been doing the same thing. And, and I just took a deep breath and right down swallowed one of them gnats. <laughs> And I, I was just grateful it wasn't a fly, I tell you what. Uh, I, uh, but it's good to be in God's house, and it's good to, to have you here on Mother's Day, and, and we want to rejoice at what God is doing in our mothers. Turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is toward the end of the Bible in the New Testament. Uh, go to Revelation and kind of go back towards the, uh, the front, and you'll find 2 Timothy. It's a short book. Uh, so uh, don't speed past it too fast, but it's right after First Timothy, and before uh, surprise, surprise, right? And it's before Titus. It's part of the pastoral epistles written by Paul. And Second uh, Timothy, we're going to look there at Second Timothy and. Uh, the first chapter there. Join with me in prayer, if you will. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for a beautiful day and we praise you for our mothers and we praise you for uh, the fact, the gift of, of family that you've given us. And Lord, we just praise you uh, for a beautiful day to worship you and to exalt you. And we praise you for the fellowship that we have. Lord, not just uh, between ourselves, but between us and you. And Lord, we just pray that as we open your word, that your spirit might flow in this place and allow us to hear your word and that we might grow and, and make it a part of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1. Now, uh, Paul is writing to Tim, young Timothy, and Timothy is one of, uh, of Paul's protégés. He's a young man that uh, began to go with Paul on Paul's missionary journeys, and he's uh, gone to some different places. And uh, this is a letter to Timothy to encourage him in the ministry that Timothy has taken upon himself after going on these missionary journeys. Timothy uh, became uh, uh, began to do some ministry there in Ephesus, and he encountered some difficulties and struggles, had some problems, and so as a result, uh, Paul is writing Timothy to to encourage him and to help him uh, in his ministry. And we read this uh, kind of. Uh, uh, salutation at the beginning of chapter 1 it says Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according uh, to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ our Lord so uh, this is primarily a letter to Timothy but it's a letter to you and me it's a letter to us and while uh, yes we are honoring our mothers and yes this is about 
about uh, mothers today, uh, don't don't misunderstand. It doesn't matter if you're a mother or not. It doesn't matter if you're a, a man and you're a father or you're an uncle or something like that. Uh, all of us have family. Uh, none of us got here by ourselves. And so we all have family of some sort. So all of this is to all of us. So I want you to read with me the next words as we look at at what Paul says to Timothy. He says, I thank God whom I serve uh, from my forefathers with pure conscience that without... Ceasing, I have remembered uh, remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am uh, persuaded that in thee also. Uh, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance uh, that thou stir up thy gift of God which is in thee by the putting of my hand. So what Paul is saying, first of all, is, is he's greeting Timothy and he's saying this is a letter to Timothy and, and all of that. And he says, uh, right off the bat, he says, I thank God for the fact that you have a consistent faith. Now, I, I can remember when I was a young person, and I want to just sit here and do a little remembering with you, if you would. Uh, kind of think back to your childhood. I remember my mom and, and my grandmothers. Uh, on, uh, fortunately, I lived uh, to, to remember my grandmothers on both sides of my family. My father's uh, grandmother, uh, my father's mother's name was Pansy, and uh, she was a quiet woman, lived up in the mountains of North Carolina where my daddy was from. Uh, my grandfather was a quiet man. He was a hard-working farmer, uh, did his best to, to uh, uh, raise a big family. My dad was one of ten children, and so, uh, so uh, my grandmother had a lot of children, a lot of, a lot of family, and had to deal with a lot of uh, issues while my grandfather was out in the field working the land and doing all of that. She had to deal with all the children. And uh, I, I, I remember uh, my grandmother on my mother's side. Her name was Vera. And uh, uh, my grandmother on my mother's side was a quiet woman. She was one of 20 children. So, uh, uh, but I didn't know all of, of her siblings. And fortunately, my mother was not one of, of 20 either, though. Uh, she was only one of three. But uh, uh, my grandmother and grandfather on my mama's side both worked in the mills in North Carolina. Uh, there was a yarn mill that, that was there in Gastonia. Uh, it was called the Firestone Mill, and it was the biggest mill under one roof. And uh, they made a lot of yarn and stuff like that. And, and my grandmother uh, worked one shift and my grandfather worked the other shift. And they kind of were ships passing in the night for many years because of the fact that the way they worked. I mean, it was just uh, something they had to do. And they lived in one of those mill villages where the, all the houses were the same and they were all small and they were all owned by uh, the company. And my, my mom tells stories about moving from one house to another and living with other family members from time to time and then living 
living with family while uh, and what they did was they finally got a piece of land of their own and and they built one house and they built a house right next to it for uh, my grandfather's uh, sibling that lived right next to uh, they got property right beside each other and they all lived in one house while one was built and they lived in the other house while the other house was being built and so they all kind of lived together for a long time and that made for cramped uh, circumstances having two families and everything and they and they slept in shifts too they did not only worked in shifts they slept in shifts and they they'd come home and they'd say get up we got to go to sleep so we can get up and go to work again and uh, so that that made for a life of difficulty and everything now I remember my mother and my mom's still living and and uh, uh, she, I, but I remember all the time that she sacrificed. I, I remember as a little child uh, going to bed, and she'd put me to bed uh, so that I could go to school the next morning. But she would have to do things around the house after getting home from work. She'd work a whole day, and then she'd have to cook and clean and all this stuff. And I can remember she would run the uh, run the uh, dishwasher. She was proud of that dishwasher. Let me tell you, uh, it was something that she demanded to have but when uh, my brother and I came along but it sounded it was one of those old ones that sounded like an airplane was landing in your house when it ran it it's just so loud you, you couldn't do anything else but read and uh, then uh, I think I was conditioned to sleep through anything by that and the fact that my mom would oftentimes have to vacuum after I'd already gone to bed so she'd come in uh, to my bedroom and and she'd sit there and be vacuuming in the floor and she'd get up back ladies you know what i'm talking about you vacuum the cobwebs out of the corners with the vacuum cleaner and all that and she's doing all that while i'm trying to sleep there and uh, so nowadays i sleep like a log i sleep through everything and uh, uh but but my, i can remember the sacrifices my mom made uh there would be times when my brother and i would grow like weeds. I remember one summer that my brother was in a wedding and they fitted him for a a tuxedo to be in my uncle's wedding. Uh, My uncle was 14 years younger than my mom. And so uh, we were, my brother was a teenager when he uh, finally got to be age, old enough to get married. And, and so he was in a wedding and he was fitted. And then when he went back to get the tuxedo, he had grown about six inches from the time he was fitted to the time they got the tuxedo and so they had to do they had to do quick work to 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 change the pants length and everything but uh my brother and i needless to say went through clothes quickly because we we grew like weeds and and there'd be times where mama would be buying clothes for us at the beginning of the school year and she'd buy the extra duty heavy heavy duty stuff uh by wrangler or whoever so that it'd last forever you know and it, and she'd pray that it last through six months, let alone a whole year. But uh, uh, she'd buy us a couple of pairs of jeans and other clothes, and we'd say, "Mom, why aren't you getting some? Mom, you're wearing the same clothes you wore uh, for the last two or three years. Why aren't you getting something new?" Mama said, "I'm fine. I'm fine." You know, our mama's sacrifice and our grandmother's sacrifice 
for their family. And you do that not because you love being sadistic towards yourself and saying, hey, I can do without and all that. You do that because of the fact that you love your children. You do that because you want the best for your children. You do that because of your love. And uh, I can remember, we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. I can remember going to my grandparents on my, my daddy's side and all the men folk would sit down and eat first and then the women would get to eat and then the children would get to come in and mop up the rest, you know, and all the rest and everything. What humility after spending the whole day. And I can remember seeing my grandmama sitting there shelling peas all day long. Shelling peas and stringing beans and all that other stuff. And to think, you know, here's my, my grandmother. She spent a whole day working to cook one meal and she can't sit down and enjoy it right away. She waits for the men folk to eat. And I don't know if that was part of the old culture or if that was because there were so many men and so many people in the family, but you couldn't all sit down and eat at one time, I guess. And so uh, all the men folk would eat, then the ladies would get to eat, and then the children would come in and eat. And uh, uh, so, you know, all those sacrifices that people make. It's just amazing. Here's a, here's a, uh, a passage by Paul to Timothy. And he says in verse uh, 3, I thank God whom I serve uh, from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So Paul is, is established, his, uh, is talking about his relationship with Timothy. And Timothy is, in essence, he's saying, you're like my spiritual child. He says, I remember all the things that I've taught you and all the times that I've spent. And he says, I thank God for those memories and, and he thanks God for the fact that he can come to Timothy with a uh, pure conscience. What's that all about? Well, what Timothy's dealing with is heresy that's going on within the church. And so Timothy is... is uh, uh, despondent over the fact that there are people that have entered into the entered into the church and they're starting to spread teachings that aren't uh, right and so what Paul is saying in essence is, is he's saying I'm I'm grateful that God has allowed me from the time of my forefathers to give me a pure conscience of what he's basically talking about the heritage of his family of passing down uh, uh, this godly teachings and, and all this. Now, remember who Paul is. Paul originally was Saul. Saul was a Pharisee. And if you go back and you read some in Acts, you'll read about how uh, Paul, who was Saul, uh, as a Pharisee, he sat at some of the best uh, teachers and he uh, sat on, in on in some of the best... And, and rem remember, at this time, they weren't seminaries or colleges or, or uh, theological schools or anything like that, you, what you did was you went and you sat with a teacher and you uh, did a lot like the disciples did with Jesus. They kind of follow around this person and listen to them teach about all the different things. And, and if you were a, a Jewish young man, you, uh, when you were 
uh, bar mitzvah, you had to, and some still do it to this day, you had to recite the Torah. You had to learn the whole Torah and be able to recite it uh, at your bar mitzvah. And, and that's not just say it while you read it. You recited it from memory. And if you were a Pharisee, you, re- you learned the whole Old Testament. And so uh, Paul is saying, look, or Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he was most learned. He was a student of students. He was the uh, star, we call him a star student today. He was the best student in the school and he sat un- under some of the best teachers and he's saying, I thank God for the fact that I was, had forefathers, those who went before me, that gave me a proper instruction. And he says, I also thank God when I think about you. And he, uh, he's talking about Timothy. And he says, I pray for you night and day. And he says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of the tears that I, uh, I may be filled with joy. And when I call to remembrance the unfade faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. So he's saying, I also think about you in my prayers, and I, I'm not only thankful for what God has done for me to have to give me such a wonderful spiritual heritage. He says, but I also think of you, and I think about the fact that you have such a wonderful spiritual heritage as well. Look at the heritage that uh, that Timothy has. He says, I think of your unfaid faith. He's talking talking about the heresy there. He's saying, Timothy, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm not hearing word that you've been uh, falling away from my teachings that I've instilled within your heart. He's saying, I'm grateful for the fact that you have been faithful in your uh, studies and your faith. And he says, but it didn't start with just me. He says, I'm not, I'm not grateful because of your faith, just simply because I'm such a good teacher. He says, I'm grateful for the fact that you had that instilled within you by your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And so what I want to share with you today is, is that it's a, a very important task as a parent. It's an important task as a, uh, as a parent, especially a mother, to be that type of woman that not only uh, is a godly woman, that is not only a good wife, a good spouse to her husband, but uh, one of the primary tasks for a godly woman is to share her faith with her children and to be sure that her faith continues on in them. And look, it's not just the, the, the task of Eunice, the mother, to share with Timothy. It's the task of, of Lois, the grandmother. So not only is it important, and I chose this passage for that very reason, <coughs> excuse me, because because it shows that that the importance of motherhood is not just simply uh, doing the vacuuming or the or the cooking or all of that. And look, it's important to have a good stable home. It's important to have the type of home where a child can grow up. There's certain th- basic needs that we all have. We all have a need uh, for food and clothing and shelter. And so, uh, and shelter is one of those important things where it's a place of being, a place of uh, uh, where we can find refuge. And that's important. And there's a lot of houses in our communities. Unfortunately, they're not homes. 
They're not places of refuge. Unfortunately, there's a lot of children that go home and they're all by themselves. And I'm not talking about the fact that their parents are working and they're not at home when they come home after school. I'm talking about the fact that that even when they do come home and their parents are there, that their parents really aren't there. Their parents are just existing in the same location. They're just coexisting... (coughs) Excuse me coexisting under the same roof it's not really a place of refuge it's not a place of a home for these children we've got to have godly homes a place where children are able to go and they're able to ensure uh, have instill within them the sense of belonging a sense of security a sense of the fact that they're cared for and loved and first and foremost, Lois and Eunice provided that for Timothy. They provided a home that was secure and a home that was a, a, a good home because of the fact that Timothy turned out so well. He also says that uh, their faith, his faith is strong because of the faith of, that first dwelt in his grandmother Lois and then in his mother Eunice as well. It's important for our homes and for our, our families to have godly mothers and godly grandmothers that share their faith with their children and instill that faith within them that can then be passed on to generation after generation after generation. Now you might say, well I don't have a, a godly mother. I don't have a a godly grandmother, it, that generational uh, godliness can begin in you. That it can begin in your life, and you can. Uh, what we do, and what I want to share with you here is also is that not only is it important to have a godly home to be a godly parent that shares their faith. It's important because what you do today has implications for generation after generation after generation. Eunice and Lois are pointed out by Paul in their generational uh, influence on the life of Timothy. And there's so many people that say today, well, you know, hey, I can do whatever I want to do. It's not going to hurt anybody. I, it, what I do is only affecting me. No. It doesn't. It affects you. It affects your family, your children. It affects your grandchildren because the way you raise your child today is the way that child will raise your grandchildren someday. And the way that grandchild is raised is the way your great-grandchildren will be raised. Why? Because uh, sociology tells us and, and all these studies tell us that without some major break, without some major uh, uh, happening in the life of someone, uh, that type of generational thing will continue on. You might say, well, I have a terrible home, and does that mean that I'm going to uh, have a terrible home when I grow up to be a, a parent of my own? Or, or uh, no, that doesn't have to be that way. You can break that with a life-changing event such as Jesus Christ coming into your heart and life. When Jesus Christ comes into your heart and life, it transforms you. It changes you. The Bible tells us that we're, uh, we're no longer the same person. We put off the old man. We put on the new. And all of that is to say that when you have Jesus Christ come into your heart and life, then you will change that, uh, stop that generational curse that's been in your family and begin a generational blessing that begins in you and begins by all the things that you do for your family.
And so it's important to remember that, that what you do is so vital and so important in the life of you and your family. Timothy would go on to, uh, uh, Paul would go on to talk to Timothy about the fact that he has tears and he wants those tears to be turned into tears of joy. What Paul is talking about is the fact that he is, uh, Paul is in prison at the time that he's writing this letter to Timothy. And he, and that's also part of the reason why he tells Timothy he doesn't want to be ashamed. He's not ashamed of the fact that he's in prison because the reason that he's in prison is the fact that he was preaching the gospel message. And he's saying, I'm not ashamed of being in prison today. It's because I'm in prison for Jesus Christ. I'm in prison because I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've shared His wonderful love with others. And fortunately, we don't live in a time and a day and age in which we stand and preach and we have to worry, be worried about what the, the state, the government thinks about what we say. And we don't have to worry about the fact that if we preach the gospel message that we'll be thrown in jail. But that wasn't the case in the time of Paul and it's not always been the case for us. And it may not always be the case for us in our future. To this day... In this day, in this hour, in Canada, if you say certain things about certain individuals when you stand and preach, you preach biblically out of the Word of God, there are, uh, there are individuals that will go to jail for the fact that they will stand and preach the message of God as presented in the, in the gospel message. So we, uh, it's not over there in some, some Eastern European nation where there's communism and all that kind of thing. It's right there in Canada to this day, this very day. It happens. And it could very well happen in this country in a very short period of time. So we need to be faith, uh, thankful for our freedoms. But Paul says, look, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm in prison. And, and he says, My t uh, your tears, because of the fact that I'm in prison, I want to turn into tears of joy. He, he's talking about hopefully being reunited with Timothy someday. But he also is talking about the uh, persecution that Timothy's receiving uh, at, at there in Ephesus as he is sharing the gospel message in the church there. And that is a word of encouragement to Timothy. And that's what this whole book is about primarily is to encourage Timothy and to help him with certain doctrinal facts that uh, Paul wants to address throughout the book of 2 Timothy. And so he says... I'm encouraged. And see, this is vital. The reason I share all that stuff with you is, is that Timothy would not be able to endure the hardship that he's going through, that Paul is trying to encourage him if it were not for Eunice and Lois. The teaching that he received at the hand of Eunice and Lois, and the teaching that Timothy received at the hand of Paul, all of that, he, the reason that Paul mentions the heritage that he has is to explain how he's able to endure the hardship of prison. And he, the reason he talks about the spiritual heritage of Timothy is to encourage him in the persecution he's receiving. And he says in verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He says, Timothy, I want you to stir up God's 
gift in your life. So many of us have been gifted by God. When, when you accept Jesus Christ in your heart and life, and I hope you have, you're given a gift of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit enters into your life and He gifts you with this a spiritual gift. Each one of us has a spiritual gift and it's different from person to person. It's not all the same. Now, the problem is that so many of us don't use those spiritual gifts for God's glory. We, are, as a church, have a difficult time functioning when we don't all use the gifts that God's given us for the effectiveness of the whole church. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to stir up that gift that God has put within you. He's put that in you because of my teaching, and he's in effect, he's saying because of the teaching of your mother and your grandmother. And as much as I am imploring you ladies and, and men as well to, to remember your role and your task as a parent, on this Mother's Day, I'm also encouraging you to stir up the, uh, the gift that God has put in you. Like Paul is saying to Timothy, I'm imploring you as well. Stir up the gift that God has given you. Stir up that gift, whether it's to be the best mom that you could possibly be, or the best grandmother that you can possibly be, to sharing uh, the faith uh, of Jesus Christ to your children or grandchildren or your nieces, nephews your cousins, whoever it might be, to share your faith with people in the community, to present the kind of godly home that God wants for everyone in this community to have, to stir up the gift of God, to be the kind of Christian that, that God wants you to be, to be the be, uh, best kind of mother, to be the best kind of parent, the best uh, example of Christ's love in our church and in this community. I want to encourage you to think about what God has planted within you. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, to remember the wonderful gift that God has put within you. And remember what God has done in your life and encourage you to stir up that gift that God has put in you. Let's all join together in prayer.